All right. Good evening, brothers and sisters in the faith. Welcome to another episode of the Bible History Project. Uh, before we go ahead and proceed, let us begin by having our prayer. Let us all stand. Everlasting Father, gracious God, Yahuwah, your people again gather before your presence. From all over the world, we join together this evening to praise you and to worship you. Father, we prepare our hearts and our minds to learn from you and your words. Because, Father, it is our guiding light that will give us safety in our path as we travel from here to your promised land. Father, please be with us. Send, please, the power of your Spirit that we will understand completely your will. Give us likewise the courage we need to carry out your purpose in our life. Our Lord Yahusha, we praise you. We thank you no matter what happens. You are our Savior. You died for us so that we can live forever together with you. Praises be unto you and to your precious name, Yahusha. Father, thank you so much for being with your people. We ask and beg all things in the name of our Lord and Savior, Yahusha. Amen. All right, praises be to our loving Father for gathering each and every one of us safely to our Bible study this evening. Now, the topic of our study is Yahuwah Rofeka. Someone asked Brother John, is Yahuwah the first name and Rofeka the last name? <laughs> As though God has two names, the first and the last, Yahuwah Rofeka. No, Rofeka is not the last name of the Father. It is a designation concerning the role that God can play concerning his relationship with us. And we'll talk more about what Yahuwah Rofeka means. But before we get there, let's go ahead and backtrack a little bit. Last week, we talked about the crossing, right? The crossing of the Red Sea. It was a miracle, a sight to behold, never to be forgotten. And so they left Egypt by means of a miracle that comes from God. And after crossing the Red Sea, what did Moses do? Exodus 15, 1 is the verse. Then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to Yahuwah. I will sing to Yahuwah, for he has triumphed gloriously. He has hurled both horse and rider into the sea. What did Moses do after they crossed the Red Sea? They prepared a song and sang it to Yahuwah. If you read the scriptures, one thing we will notice right away, the Father, our God, is fond of songs and music and praises. Raise your hand if you are also fond or you like to hear music and songs. Raise your hand if you do that. I think it's all part of who we are as human beings. We should not be surprised because after all, the Bible says God created us in his image. And so the capacity to create music, the capacity to enjoy music that was built in each and every one of us. This is why Brother Cesar can become a choir member one yeah. of these days. Right? <laughs> we have the capacity to express music and praise to our Father. And so, when we are thankful to God, we should express our heart by means of a song. But how can our song to God, our hymn rendered to, to the Father, be authentic, real, and sincere? 
Exodus 15, verse 2, Yahuwah is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. How can our song for the Father be authentic and real? How can it be my song? Bible says when we realize that God is our strength and that God is our salvation. This is why for the true people of God, regardless of the circumstances in their life, they will praise the Father. Are we only going to praise God when good things happen to us? No, we praise God no matter what happens to us. Why? Because Yahuwah is always our strength. Yahuwah is always our salvation. If we realize that, then all of our songs will be authentic. It will come from our heart, and it should be that way. But not only did they sing to the Father after they crossed the Red Sea, what also did they do? Exodus 15, 20 to 21. Then Miriam, the prophet, Aaron's sister, which makes her also Moses' sister, took a tambourine and led all the women as they played tambourines and danced. And Miriam sang the song, Sing to Yahuwah, for he has triumphed gloriously. He has hurled both horse and rider into the sea. Besides singing a song of praise to the Father, what also did the people of Israel do? They also danced for the glory of God. So there are dances that is for God's glory. God is not against dance per se, but there are, of course, certain dances that do not exude holiness, right? But if our dance is pure of heart and it's expressed to the Father to glorify Him that is acceptable to God, it is a way of celebrating what God has done for each and every one of us. So what if we don't feel like worshiping God? What if we don't feel like praising Him with song? Nehemiah 8 and 10 and Nehemiah continued, go and celebrate with a feast of rich foods. When it says rich food, it's foods with a lot of fat, <laughs> right? Like pork belly. No, they did not eat pork belly back then, right? The people of God did not eat pork belly, but I guess we can do so now. So it was the fat of, uh, fat of lamb, fat of uh, goat of cattle, right? Go and celebrate with a feast of rich foods and sweet drinks and share gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. This is a sacred day before our Lord. Don't be dejected and sad for the joy of Yahuwah is your strength. Even when you feel dejected and sad, it is the custom of the people of God to celebrate the joy of Yahuwah. That is our strength. Haven't you noticed the members of God's people? There are many, many of them are poor, right? I mean, ever since the very beginning, those who belong to God's nation, God's people, are not the rich and famous and super wise of the world. No, they have always been poor, dejected, rejected. However, one thing they had is what? Joy. Where does that come from? It is the joy that comes from Yahuwah. And so because we have God, we have Yahuwah as our Father, we have every reason to be 
joyful. Not only that, why should we also be joyful no matter what? Let's read Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. Always be joyful. It doesn't say most of the time. It says always, right? Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ, Yahushua. Who, why should we always be joyful? When the Bible speaks of God's people celebrating, always thankful and joyful, why? Above all, it should be us who should be always joyful. That's because we belong to who? Yahusha, the Christ. You know, the people during the days of the prophets, the days of uh, Israel, they were still waiting for the, the coming of Yahusha. Yahusha has already come. He has died for our sins. He has gone back to heaven. He's going to come back soon. And so if there are those who have every reason to be joyful, it should be who? It should be us. Because salvation is palpable because it's so near. This is why we should be thankful. We should be joyful in all circumstances. And so the people of God, after they crossed the Red Sea, they had a celebration. They were thankful to God and expressed it by means of song and dance. But of course, they still have to complete their mission, right? They're still on a journey. And so they are on a journey. They left the Red Sea. Where are they headed to? They're going to go to Mount Sinai. And so where does that take them? Let's read the book of Exodus 15, 22 to 23. Then Moses led the people of Israel away from the Red Sea, and they moved out into the desert of Shur. They traveled in this desert for three days without finding any water. Take note, they just saw the miracle of God. So they were on a spiritual high, right? They were encouraged by what they saw. So their faith was super strong. <laughs> Have you ever experienced God so closely that you're not phased by anything that happens in your surroundings? There can be economic difficulties. There can be uh, sicknesses all over the place. But because you felt the power of God, you're not affected by it. Yeah, that happened to you before. People of Israel, they just saw, they just saw the Red Sea part. It's a miracle, right? And so they were highly encouraged. But encouragement has a way, has a way of wearing out, right? It has a way of wearing out. So three days, they were in the desert, and they did not have any water. And so their encouragement kind of fizzled a little bit. <laughs> I mean, what would you do if you had no water to drink, right? But what happened? Three days without finding water. What happened next? Let's read the next passage. Next slide. When they came to the oasis of Marah, what did they find? A vacation spot. An oasis. What's an oasis in the desert? Like a pool of water, right? With palm trees. A desert spot. And so that was a sight for sore eyes. Three days without water, and all of a sudden, they have an oasis. So they got lots of water. Hooray, right? And so they go, go taste the water. What happens next? Next slide. The water, when they came to the oasis of Marah, the water, oh boy, <laughs> was too bitter to drink. So they called the place Mara, which means bitter. <laughs> And so the hope 
was not a real hope, right? It was a false hope. I don't know if you've ever experienced something like that. When you are enduring something for quite some time, maybe you're praying to God for a healing, right? And then you're waiting and waiting. It gets worse and worse. And all of a sudden you get hope. You get hope. And all of a sudden the hope disappears. It's false hope. Maybe you are applying for a job. You're waiting and waiting. And all of a sudden you get a call. You got an interview. And you're so happy. Then you got rejected. You know what you're experiencing? Just like what the people of Israel felt right here. What is that called? Next slide. It's the bitterness of false hope. It's not fun. It makes your faith weak. It makes you feel discouraged. It takes you down, right? This is what happened to the people of Israel. But when we experience bitterness because of the circumstances in our life, because of what's happening around us, you know, what should be our response? What should it be? Remember, they just came from crossing the Red Sea. What did they do? Not too long ago, just three days ago, what did they do? They sang a song. Why? Because the Red Sea was parted by the powerful hand of Yahuwah, their God. And now they need water. What should they have done? Well, if they praised God and sang songs after they crossed the Red Sea, what should they be doing now? Yeah. Wouldn't you think that should be our response? Right? Why should that be our response? Let's read the book of Lamentations 3.19.24. The thought of my pain, my homelessness is bitter poison. I think of it constantly and my spirit is depressed. Yet hope returns when I remember this one thing. Yahuwah's unfailing love and mercy still continue. Fresh as the morning. As sure as the sunrise, Yahuwah is all I have, and so in Him I put my hope. You know, when we feel discouraged and we have bitterness in our heart because of false hope, instead of complaining to God, what we should do is to put our hope in Him. Because He is all that we have, just like the prophet Jeremiah. You notice the people of God in the past, they all go through very difficult moments in life. But it's God's way of preparing them, teaching them to place their hope upon Him. And so when we face an instance in our life, when because of false hope we feel bitterness in our heart, what should we do? What's the solution to that? What do you think it is? What's the solution to discouragement? What's the solution to bitterness? Huh? Next life, Psalms 42, 9 to 11. Oh God, my rock, I cry. Why have you forsaken me? Sometimes we feel like that, right? What must I, why must I suffer these attacks from my enemies? Their, their taunts pierce me like a fatal wound. Again and again, they scoff. Where is that God of yours? But oh my soul, don't be discouraged. Don't be upset. Expect God to act. For I know that I shall again have plenty of reason to praise him for all that he will do. He is my help. He is my God. The only way to overcome despair is praise. I want you to remember that. Brothers and sisters, between now and the day of judgment, between now and the day when we enter the kingdom of heaven, we're going to experience discouragement. The only way to push through 
and breakthrough, discouragement, despair, is praise. Praise. Remember that your hope is God. And if God can break through the Red Sea, He can break through anything. There's nothing impossible with our Father. And so this is what the people of Israel should have done. But instead, what did they do? Exodus 15, 24, then the people complained. <laughs> Just three days ago, they saw the mighty hand of God split the Red Sea, right? And then the people complained and turned against Moses. What are we going to drink? They demanded. You see, when we face the bitterness of false hope, the human tendency is to complain, to find someone to blame, and to make demands, right? That's human nature. We all do that. And so what we need to do when this happens in our life is to remember, wait a minute, I still have my God. God is my strength. Yahuwah can do the impossible. So place our hope in Him. And so the people of God, understandable, they still have a lot to learn, right? All six million plus of them has, still has a lot to learn. I just kind of feel bad for Moses. Can you imagine six million people, two million men complaining? I wonder what that sounds like. It doesn't sound like a song, right? Two million people complaining against you, demanding against you, turning against you. Kind of feel bad for Moses. So what did Moses do? Let's read the book of Exodus 15, 25. So Moses cried out to Yahuwah for help. That's what they should have done in the first place, right? They should have cried out to Yahuwah and prayed to him, thanking him for what he has done for, uh, for, for them, crossing the Red Sea, and then asking God, Lord, please give me some water to drink. That's what they should have done earlier, right? And so Moses cried out to Yahuwah for help. And so what happened? Next slide, please. And Yahuwah showed him a piece of wood. I wonder what Yahuwah is going to do with that wood. You know, oftentimes, even with God's miracles, he uses something that's ordinary, right? The staff, the piece of wood. And so he can use ordinary things to do something extraordinary, okay? This is why we should never say to ourselves that I don't have anything. <laughs> I'm not qualified to do this work. It's not about us. It's about who? Gone. God can use anyone. God can use anything, even a piece of wood. <laughs> and so what does Yahuwah tell uh, Moses to do with that piece of wood? Let's, next uh, slide, please. Moses uh, threw it into the water, and this made the water good to drink. And so when the wood was thrown into the water, what happened to the water? It became good to drink. Is that a miracle? Yes. Was it the wood that caused it to become drinkable? No. It was God who used that piece of wood. And so... It was there. What did God want them to remember and to learn after that? Next slide, please. It was there at Marah that Yahuwah set before them the following decree as a standard to test their faithfulness to Him. You see what God is interested in doing after they left Exodus. Remember, the birth of a nation when they left Exodus, it was like being born, right? Birth of a nation. So they're babies. They need to develop. They need to be tested. 
they need to learn faithfulness to our Father. So they're going to go through many difficulties, many tests, and to test them, to pass the test, they must follow the decrees of our Father. And so in many ways, what the people of Israel are going through, right, their trek across the desert is also like what we have to go through now. We have to follow a path that Yahuwah has given us. This path will lead us to the promised land, but there's going to be many obstacles, many things that we're going to encounter when we, get, when we go there. And so God wants us to learn that we remain faithful to our God. And there's going to be many tests. In fact, right now, what is the, the test that many people are facing? What tribulation are people facing now? What is it? COVID. COVID. Why are you so scientific? COVID. Next slide, please. The coronavirus. It's a pandemic now. And the reason why it's a pandemic is because it's so easily communicable. Right? I mean, you can sneeze at someone. You can touch someone in the face or touch someone somewhere. Right? And you can get the disease. This is why people are scared to be with other people even if they're inside a car this is why we enjoyed the roads today right there's no traffic and it's because of the fear and there are people who are afraid there are people who try to piece together a solid plan to try and overcome these pandemics but you know we're not surprised that this is happening are you surprised not at all why are we not surprised that things like a pandemic, things like pestilences will happen in our life, especially now? Let's read Matthew 24, 6 down to 8. The one speaking here is Yahusha. And so he's prophesying the events in the last days. And he says in verse 6, And you will hear of wars and rumors of war. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. And so when the disciples asked Yahusha, what are the signs of the end? Yahusha says, well, there's going to be a war, unlike any other war, because it will involve nations against nations, kingdoms against kingdoms. It will be rumored. In other words, it will involve many nations all taking place in war at the same time. It's called World War one, right? And so that was fulfilled July 27, 1914. World War I came. It was resolved. But according to Yahusha, the end is not yet. Nation will rise against. Nation, kingdom against. Kingdom. That was World War Number 2. But it's not over yet. Yahusha says there will be what? Famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. And he adds the following, which should open our eyes. What does he say in verse 8? All these are the beginning of sorrows. In other words, there will be more famines, more pestilences, and more earthquakes, and more wars to come. Because these are just the beginning of sorrows. What does that mean? It's just the beginning of sorrows. Let's read Matthew 24, 8, 21, 22. But all this, but all this is only the first of the birth pains with more to come. 
for there will be great, greater anguish than at any time since the world began. And it will never be so great again. In fact, unless that time of calamity is shortened, not a single person will survive. But it will be shortened for the sake of God's chosen ones. Why did Yahushua say it's just the beginning of sorrows? Because it's likened to the first of the birth pains. When a woman is in labor and she begins to feel labor pains, what happens afterwards? The labor pains increase in frequency and intensity. And so Yahushua is telling us that when the end comes, or before the end is going to come, it's going to become worse and worse. Great anguish we're going to experience, and it will be so great, nothing like that has been experienced by the world since, uh, since the very beginning of time. So this is something that we need to prepare for, right? Something is going to happen, not just a coronavirus. Beyond that, perhaps this is just the door being opened. Perhaps Yahushua is telling us, prepare now. This is just a sample of what can happen. If you look around you, all the different signs, volcanoes erupting, fires taking place, locusts showing up in odd places, earthquakes in various places. Yahushua and Yahuwah are telling us we need to be watchful. We need to be aware for what this means. And so what do we need? Let's read. Let's go to the next slide. What we need is protection, right? Protection from plague and pestilence because it's going to happen to all the people of the world. And so, brethren, uh, before we pray, there are four principles I want you to learn. Four principles so that we can find protection from plague and pestilence because it will happen whether we like it or not. And so what's the first principle? Let's read Exodus 15, 26. He said, if you will listen carefully to the voice of Yahuwah, your God, and do what is right in his sight, obeying his commands and keeping all his decrees, and I will not make you suffer any of the diseases I sent on the Egyptians, for I am Yahuwah who heals you. What is the first principle that we must follow? So that we can find protection from plague and pestilence. Bible says we must listen carefully. One, we must obey the commands and keep all the decrees of Yahuwah our God. This is why for us to carefully listen, what do we need to do? We need to study the whole Bible. Did you get that? Because we want to know the commands of God. We want to know what pleases God. We want to know what displeases Him. Because what we want is to carefully listen so that we can follow His decrees and His commandments. There are some people who think the only command is enter the church. That's it. No. We have to grow in our knowledge of God. We have to grow in our knowledge of His beloved Son. So next slide. So that's the first principle. Listen carefully to and obey the commands of Yahuwah. What else is another principle so that we can be protected when this testing comes? Revelation 3 verse 10. The one speaking here is Yahusha. Okay, this is the message of Yahusha to the seven churches. And so this is a message for us belonging to the church. 
that belongs to him. He says, because you have kept my command to endure, I will also keep you safe from the time of trouble which is coming upon the world to test all the people on earth. When that test comes, it will bring plague and pestilence and many other things, economic collapse, violence, so on and so forth. And so what we need is protection. What we need is someone to keep us safe. No government can keep us safe. But Yahushua can keep us safe. How so? Bible says, Yahushua says, because you kept my command to endure, I will keep you safe. This is why we have to, commune, we have to co fulfill the command to endure. What does that mean, though? What does Yahushua mean when he says you have to keep the command to endure? What does that mean? Let's go ahead and look at Revelation 14, verse 12. This means that God's holy people must endure persecution patiently, obeying his commands and maintaining their faith in Jesus or Yahushua. According to the Holy Scriptures, what does it mean to endure? Because Yahushua says, keep the command to endure. It means to obey the commands. Even when it becomes difficult because of persecution. And so the implication of Yahushua's command to endure is that we're going to be persecuted and be, up, be, be uh, opposed against. People are going to oppose us. People are going to pressure us and persecute us. Can you still obey the commands? That's why it's the command to endure. To endure means to keep obeying the commands of God, even if you are going through suffering and persecution in life. And what else does Yahushua want from us as we endure? Bible says we need to maintain our faith in Yahushua. Faith in Yahushua. Not in the messenger of Yahushua. Right? What's the purpose of the messengers of Yahushua? To teach us to go to Yahushua. How can we know those who have placed their faith in Yahushua? They obey Yahushua. If you say, I have faith in Yahushua, but you don't obey him, you're not, you don't have faith in him. How can we know if one's faith and loyalty is towards Yahushua? They obey him, even if someone else tells them, no, it's not the, that's not the right thing to do. Because sometimes there are people who, rather than place their faith in Yahushua, they place their faith in the messenger of Yahushua. Are there people like that? Brethren, we have to maintain our faith, not in any messenger of Yahushua, but Yahushua himself, the greatest of the messenger of our Almighty Father. Next slide. And so protection from plague and pestilence. Number one, keep all the commands of God, even if it means persecution. So that number two, we have to keep the command to endure until the end. What else? will protect us. How else can we find protection from plague and pestilence? I highly recommend that you read uh, the book of Psalms, the whole chapter of the book of Psalms, because it's a nice chapter, offers inspiration for those who want protection from disease and pestilence. In fact, we can make a, a hymn out of the book of Psalms. Looking at you. <laughs> we can make a hymn from the book of Psalms 91, especially now. When people are afraid of uh, plagues and pestilence, 
Why not praise the Father, right? How else can we find protection from plagues and pestilence? Psalms 91, 1 to 2. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High. Where's the only safe place in the world? The shelter of the Most High. What does that mean? Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about Yahuwah. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust Him. How can we find protection from whatever plague this world is experiencing? The Bible says, let's make Yahuwah our refuge, our shelter, and our place of safety. Can you do that? What does that mean? What does it mean to make Yahuwah our shelter, our refuge, our place of safety? What does that mean? Let's turn to the book of Psalms 27, 14. What does it say? Trust in Yahuwah. Have faith. Do not despair. Trust in Yahuwah. So when, when there are instances when people become desperate, despair begins to overwhelm them. What we need to do is to turn to Yahuwah, to trust in Yahuwah. That's how we make Yahuwah our shelter, our rock, our refuge, our place of safety. How can we show that we trust Yahuwah? Let's keep reading. Next slide, please. I have asked Yahuwah for one thing. One thing only do I want, to live in Yahuwah's house all my life. To marvel there at his goodness and to ask for his guidance. In times of trouble, he will shelter me. He will keep me safe in his temple and make me secure on a high rock. How can we prove that we trust in Yahuwah as our shelter, our refuge and place of safety? Bible says the one thing that I want. It's only one thing I want. In other words, his top priority. Not number two, not number three, but number one. His top priority is to be with Yahuwah, to be in his temple, to be in his house all of his life. What does that mean? Let's keep reading. Next slide, please. Hear me, Yahuwah. When I call to you, be merciful and answer me. When you said, come worship me, I answered, I will come, Yahuwah. How can we show to the Father that he is our place of safety, our shelter, our rock? And our play, our refuge, by worshiping Him and calling upon Him, brethren. Now is the time to intensify our work of worshiping the Father. We need to be dedicated in worshiping God. That's how we make God our refuge and our place of safety. If we make God our refuge and place of safety, you know what He says about us. You know what He says about our concerns. Concerning plagues and pestilence, Psalms again, 91, 3 down to 4, for he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. What is the promise of the Father? For those who make him his, their place of safety and refuge, Bible says God will protect us from deadly disease. He will give us his promises and it will serve as an armor for our protection. 
In other words, if God is with us, none of these diseases can harm us or touch us. And so what should be our mentality when people are in panic, people are afraid? Psalms 91, 5 to 6, Bible says, do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Bible says, don't be afraid. Don't panic. I mean, you can be practical, right, and prepare. Let's be wise. I mean, don't shake every stranger's hand. I mean, go to Costco and buy what you need to buy, right? Like, uh, what do people buy nowadays? I understand when people buy a sanitizer, right? I can see that. People buy water. I can see that. But what bewilders me, and I hope that you can give me an explanation, why are they like on a frenzy buying toilet paper? I mean, what can Charmin do for you? <laughs> That's what I want to know. But, you know, it's good to be practical. Practice safety, right? We need to do that. But do not be afraid. Do not let fear run your life. Do not let fear overtake you. Why? We have a protector. Who's that? Yahuwah, our God. Well, what if people begin to die left and right? Because that's what they're afraid of. They're probably thinking of people who are dying. Truth is, the coronavirus is not really that deadly. However, if you get it, it's not fun. You don't want to get it, especially if you're elderly. And so we need to protect ourselves. However, even if this disease is really deadly, what does Yahuwah promise? 91 verse 7, Though a thousand fall at your side, though 10,000 are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Can Yahuwah do that? Oh, yeah. But you know what? Coronavirus is a pandemic. What makes it a pandemic is because it can easily be communicable. So it can enter your home. But this is Yahuwah's promise. 91, 9 to 10. If you make Yahuwah your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. So even your neighbor is protected, right? This is why your neighbors are in good hands. This household, I mean, this whole neighborhood is in good hands because of this household, right? Who make Yahuwah their shelter and make him their place of safety. Next slide. So number three, make Yahuwah your refuge and place of safety. What also protects us from plague and pestilence? Psalms 91, 14 and 16, because he loves me, says Yahuwah. I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. But also is protective. Bible says, I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. Who's the one speaking there? Yahuwah. What name is being mentioned there? The name of? Yahuwah. So there is protection in the name of Yahuwah. And so we need to acknowledge the name of Yahuwah. You see, Yahuwah's name is special. Our name doesn't have that kind of power, right? I mean, the, the bush, Trump. How about the name of Trump? 
Does it have power? A little bit, maybe. But it's different when it comes to the name of the Father. It's different. Why? Because it's a special name. There's power in the name of Yahuwah. And so those who acknowledge the name of Yahuwah, the Bible says, they will be protected. Who also confirm that there's protective power in the name of Yahuwah. Let's read the book of John, 17, 11, and 2. Who's the one speaking here? Our Lord Yahusha, the Christ, the Messiah. This is what he says, because he's going to go to heaven. And he's going to lead his disciples here on earth. Yahusha knows about what's going to happen on the earth, right? About the tests, about the plagues, about the pestilence. Yahusha knows that. And so this is what he says to the Father before he went to heaven. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world. It's a bad place to be. And I am coming to you, Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name. The name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by that name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction so that the scripture would be fulfilled. Who also confirmed the power of the name of Yahuwah. Yahusha. Yahusha even said that that name is what protected people in the past. But that name was given to who? Yahusha. That's why the name Yahu was given to the name of Yahusha. And by that name, we are going to be kept safe. Protected, protected and safe because of the name of Yahuwah and the name of Yahusha. And they say the name is not important. It's important to me. It's important to Yahusha. It's important to Yahuwah. Right? Next slide, please. The powerful names that has the power to protect and keep us safe. The name of Yahuwah, the name of Yahusha. What's the proof that the, the name of Yahusha has the power to protect, especially against disease? Let's read the book of Acts 34 down to 8. Peter and John, remember Peter and John? Looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us. Peter and John, they were staring at a lame man, a beggar, a lame man. What does a lame man mean? Someone who cannot walk, right? The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Yahushua the Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet and began to walk. Then walking, leaping and praising God, he went into the temple with them. Here's a lame man, and he was expecting change. But Apostle Peter and John said, they looked at him, well, we don't have silver or gold to give you. Not even copper coins. We got nothing. But what we have, we give you. What is that? Power of healing. What did they do? What did they say? In the name. It wasn't Jesus. We guarantee you that. We can guarantee you it's not Jesus. In the name of Yahusha the Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. And he walked. Not only did he walk, he jumped. <laughs> right? Is that a miracle? Yeah. Was he healed? Yeah. 
I wonder what it was that healed him. Let's read the book of Acts 4, 7 down to 10. They brought in the two disciples because <laughs> Peter and John, they were arrested for what they did, right? And so they were instructed to come before the leaders and these leaders asked them, by what power or in whose name have you done this? And Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? Let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Yahushua the Christ, the Nazarene, the man you crucified but whom God raised from the dead. What's the proof that there's power in the name of Yahushua? It healed the crippled man. So he began to, that who was caused to jump. He was healed by the powerful name of Yahushua the Christ. That's why there's name and protection in the power of the name of Yahushua. And there's also protection in the name of the power, in the power of the name of whose name? Next slide. Yahuwah. Do you still remember what Yahuwah means? What is the meaning of the word of the name Yahuwah in Exodus 3 verse 15? Next slide, please. It means I am who I am. But this definition is a dynamic. In other words, Yahuwah is telling us, God is telling us he can become what he needs to be for our sake. This is why in the Holy Scriptures, God has designated role names. Yahuwah, something else. Yahuwah, something else. You have these different names attached to Yahuwah, a compound name consisting of two parts. When put together, it expresses who Yahuwah becomes for our sake. And this was summarized in the book of Psalms. Let's go to the book of Psalms 23, 1 down to 5. Yahuwah is my shepherd. I shall not want. And so Yahuwah, if we ever need guidance, Yahuwah will become our Shepherd. shepherd i shall not want and so whenever there's a, a depression recession in the economy yahuwah can be our provider he makes me lie down in green pastures he leads me beside the still waters if we have anxiety we have worries yahuwah can be our peace he restores my soul yahuwah can be our healing if we need healing because of our sickness. He leads me in paths of righteousness. He becomes our righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. If we need to feel the presence of the Father because we feel lonely and alone, then the Father, Yahuwah, can become our, he can be present. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. When we need someone to guide us because there are enemies who are against us, then God becomes our banner. Yahuwah becomes our banner. You prepare the table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. God can be our, the one who sanctifies us. And so you have these different descriptions of what God can become. This is why when you read the Old Testament in different places of the Bible, you will find those names, combinations. Like what? Next slide. And so these name combinations, when you find in the other passages of Scripture, you have, for example, Yahuwah Roy in Psalms 80 verse 1. God becomes our shepherd. 
Yahuwah Jireh. God becomes our provider. Yahuwah Shalom. God becomes our peace. Yahuwah Nisi. God is I, is our banner. Yahuwah Rofeka. God is our healer. Yahuwah Zidkanu. God is our righteousness. Yahuwah Shama. God is present. Yahuwah Mekadishikem. God who sanctifies. This is why God's name is I am who I am. He can become who he needs to be, depending on our condition, depending on our circumstance. And for many people today, what God needs to be for us, because of the coronavirus and other plagues. Next slide, please. Yahuwah Rofeka. Where did we find that name? In Exodus 15, 26. Well, we read uh, Exodus 15, 26. Did you see the name Yahuwah Rofeka there? Probably not, right? Because it's in English. But let's look at it in Hebrew, the modern Hebrew. Next slide. There's Exodus 15, 26. On the left side is the Hebrew script, modern Hebrew script. Do you see the tetragrammaton in orange? Right? You see it? What follows the tetragrammaton in orange? That's Rofeka. Okay? That's why if you look at the English translation, the orange and the blue. Next slide. Tetragrammaton refers, it was translated the Lord. Right? When it's supposed to be Yahuwah, not the Lord. And then Rofeka, who heals you. Next slide. Right? And so those two words, when you look at the translation, it becomes one, two, three, four, five words. Right? You look at the English translation, the two Hebrew words become five words. The Lord who heals you. When in fact, in Hebrew, it's only a two-word a two name connected to the name Yahuwah. It is what? Next, Yahuwah Rofeka. You see that? Right? What does Rofeka mean? Well, let's look at the, the dictionary. Rofeka, that's the Hebrew word. Rofeka. It means healer, heal, repair, rebuild, restore, surgeon, nice, doctor. You know, if uh, ever any of you are going to need surgery, call on Yahuwah Rofeka. Let him be your surgeon, right? If you're going to go to a hospital, get the help of a doctor. There's nothing wrong with that. It's a practical thing to do. However, pray to Yahuwah Rofeka first, right? Pray to him first. Ask him, Lord, bless the surgeon, bless the doctor, bless the medication I'm taking. And rely on his help because he will heal us. He is after all, Yahuwah Rofeka. God, our healer. And so the four principles, next slide. Number one, listen carefully to obey the commands of Yahuwah. Number two, keep the command to endure. Number three, make Yahuwah your refuge and place of safety. And number four, acknowledge the names of Yahuwah and Yahusha. And Yahuwah, Rofeka, is a name. He is going to heal us. You know how God introduced the name when he first introduced the name Yahuwah Rofeka, I am your God, your healer. What were the circumstances? Let's go back to Exodus 15, right? They're looking for water. They get Tamara, but it was what? Bitter. And so what does God tell them to do? Put wood, and what happened to the water? It became, next slide, 
sweet. It went from bitter to sweet. And after the water turned from bitter to sweet, next slide. What did God say? For I am Yahuwah Rofeka. Okay, next slide. So Yahuwah Rofeka means God is our healer. He has the power to turn what is bitter in our life, no matter what it may be, physical disease, psychological illness, emotional uh, depression, emotional problems, whatever it may be, whatever is bitter in your life. Who is our healer? What can Yahuwah Rofeka do? He can turn what is bitter and make it what? Sweet. You have bitterness in your life? Are you bitter about something? Whatever it may be. Turn to Yahuwah your God. He can become whatever he needs to become to help us. And so when God said to his people Israel, when he gave them a demonstration of what his name can do, right? Because not only did he tell them, I'm Yahuwah Rofeka, he gave them a demonstration. I believe the reason why that whole scenario took place was for Yahuwah to demonstrate the meaning of Yahuwah Rofeka, right? Before it was bitter. And then all of a sudden it's now sweet. So they can understand the name Yahuwah Rofeka. What is bitter can become sweet. And so after God demonstrated his power to be able to do that, what happened after that? In the last verse of uh, Exodus 15:27, they left Marah. After leaving Mara, the Israelites, the Israelites traveled onto the oasis of Elim, where they found 12 springs and 70 palm trees. They camped there beside the water. We're going to look for that place in our future studies. Okay? I want you to remember, put in the back of your mind, 12 springs and 70 palm trees in the oasis of Elim. Put that in your, 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 your mind. In the back of your mind, because we're going to go back to that in our later future studies. But the point is, they left the bitter waters, and they found a, a true vacation spot, right? For the meantime, in the oasis of Elim. And so in our travel, sometimes the road can be bumpy. Sometimes we're going to have a Mara experience, a bitter experience. But always remember, Yahuwah Rofeka. God can turn what is bitter into sweet. So what should we ask him? Next slide. We're almost done. Psalm 6, 67. I am worn out from sobbing. All night I flood my bed with weeping, drenching it with my tears. My vision is blurred by grief. My eyes are worn out because of all my enemies. Sometimes we feel that way, right? When because of our enemies, because of people persecuting us, because we're sick, because we have many problems, we are worn out from sobbing. We cry, and our vision gets blurred by grief. And so, what should we say to the Father? Next slide. Let us say to him, have compassion on me, Yahuwah, for I am weak. Heal me, Yahuwah, for my bones are in agony. I am sick at heart. How long, O Yahuwah, until you restore me? And so, whatever you're facing, brothers and sisters, go to Yahuwah and ask him to heal you. Ask him to restore you. And why are we confident he will do that? Let's read the final passage of our studies in verse 4. Return, O Yahuwah, and rescue me. Save me because of your unfailing 
love. Not only does Yahuwah love us, his love will not fail. Our love sometimes fails, but Yahuwah's love cannot fail. This is why when we pour out our hearts to the Father and we praise him, God is pleased with us. And so, brethren, the next time you are experiencing bitter waters, I want you to do something. Okay? I want you to do something. Number one, pray to your Father. Pray to Yahuwah. And ask God to heal you, to help you, to save you. But after you do that, before you do that, praise Him first. Do you get that? Praise Him first. Praise Him and thank Him for what He has already done in your life. Before you ask for anything, praise Him first. Because nothing dispels bitterness faster than a heart that praises Yehovah. Can you imagine what God will feel? You know, we're going through a difficult time. We have bitterness in our hearts. We're suffering. And you thank Him. You sing a song for Him. You worship Him. You praise Him still. You're already sick and you still praise Him. That gives God glory. We can glorify God more in times of bitterness, in times of suffering, than we can possibly glorify Him during times of plenty and prosperity and peace. And so, brethren, when we go through desert times in our life, it's an opportunity to be able to glorify Him even more. And so do not let troubling times take us away from the Father. No, let that take you to His arms so that he can be a father to you, a friend to you, and be Yahuwah Rofeka to you. Because he's our God, whose love will never fail. And it's our lesson. Let's all stand for our prayer. Everlasting Father, yes. Yahuwah, our God, yes. you are our healer. Yes. Thank you so much. For you have demonstrated your unfailing love yes. many, many times in our life. Amen. We know because we have tasted before yes. how good you have been. Amen. Father, we will never complain to you. Yes. Even if you slay us, yes. yet we will trust you. Yes. We praise you now. Amen. We worship you now. Yes. You mean everything to us. Yes. The one thing we ask of you, Father, do not ever banish us from your yes. presence because that's all we have. That is our treasure that we hold on to forevermore. Remember your people. Throughout the world, there are people panicking, living in fear. Some of your servants are going through difficult times. But, Father, we have made you our safe place. Yes. We have made you our refuge. Yes. Protect your sons and daughters yes. for we trust you completely. Yes. Some of your people throughout the world have many sorrows. Yes. They also have sicknesses. Yes. Oh God, we know you are the true physician that can heal us. Yes. You are the greatest surgeon. Yes. Even from heaven, you can completely heal us yes. and turn what is bitter in our life yes. into something very sweet. Amen. Father, heal your people. Yes. We turn to you now. Yes. 
every single one of us. Heal us now, Yahuwah Rofeka, because you are our healer. If because of our sins we go through these difficult times, forgive us, please. Forgive us now. It was never our intent. We only want to please you. If because of our human weakness, we have strayed away from you. If because of our selfishness, we have forgotten you. We turn to you now. Take us to yourself. Embrace us once again. We will praise you no matter what. We praise you for what you have done. We praise you for what you you will do. Yahushua, our Lord, thank you for keeping us safe. By the power of your precious name, you are in our midst now. Increase our faith. Teach us to trust you, to trust our Father. Embrace us now. Help us to feel your presence. Walk with us. Be with us. We can do nothing without you. But with you, nothing is impossible. Lord Yahushua, be our Savior, our mediator, and our shepherd. Father, thank you so much for listening to each one of us. We ask and beg everything in the name of our Lord and Savior. Yahusha. Amen. Amen.